Be the right club. Be the right club today. Yeah. I mean, that's better than most. How about him? That is better than most. Better than most. Expect anything different. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the No Lang Up podcast. In the complete opposite of the Masters Reaction podcast, uh, we are absolutely elated today, and I am I am very thrilled to be joined by Tron Carter, NOU co-founder. Also correctly predicted and bet on Dustin Johnson to win the U.S. Open. Uh, what's the, the sense of euphoria like in Boston today? Oh, it's just, I mean, people are out in the streets. <laughs> just, you know, are you leading the parade? It was last night. It was unbelievable. <laughs> so, but I, I, on, the, on the betting on DJ thing, I... There's a small caveat to that where I've, I've bet on DJ like every year for the, or every major for the last like three or four years, DJ and Sergio. So I, I doubt I even broke even, but you know, it was a nice, it was a nice win. You're more so. modest than I am. I mean, I didn't even place money on him. I've gotten every major in my life, I think, incorrect. And I'm gloating like I'm the master of the game today. So, so Well, the one I, the one I was like, I should have put money down on it. Uh, when Big Randy and I, we were doing our, kind of some prep for this this trap draw podcast we've got coming out and uh i told him i was like man scott piercy 200 to 1 i really like that and he just like laughed in my face so you know i just kind of completely second guessed myself and didn't didn't place that one but that was you know that was kind of a a little hunch i had that one i was probably more proud of than the than the dj one well uh well why don't we back up a second uh and tell people about this thing you're just trying to fly by here this new podcast <laughs> called the trap draw what, what what is this yeah well we were gonna we were gonna call it the crack house and we were like <laughs> no we can't call it the crack house because that's just too 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 similar so we we're gonna call it the trap house and then we were like let's just call it the trap draw so me it's just gonna be me and big randy chopping it up um kind of a new addition to the the no laying up uh podcast network <laughs> um but yeah basically just just us chopping it up for try to do like maybe 20 minutes of us chopping it up and then 20 or 30 minutes of uh you know some 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 interviews with some unique guests uh kind of some off the wall people um unvarnished you know not politically correct takes basically nice so well yeah i think um just to give some feedback to our listeners and any of the new listeners uh I think what kind of inspired this, uh, it's been in the works for a while, but I think uh, what we want to say is we're kind of shocked and overwhelmed by the amount of people that have uh, been downloading the podcast recently, leaving reviews and whatnot, and to see, and we so we uh, climbed as high as 11 on the iTunes Sports podcast, which is, uh, I don't know, I just never, I never understood that, that many people were listening to these things, and uh, I was, we want to say we appreciate all that, and we think that there's... Uh, definitely, we can we can provide even more. So to do another another podcast um, under the website with um, just a different theme. It's 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 uh, and I, I I think everyone should check it out. If you like our, this podcast, you'll like that one. Um, Tron and Randy are have a I don't I don't know how many years worth of just inside jokes and whatnot that you'll pick up on pretty quickly. I think, but some are still going to go over your head. But uh, I think Randy said it best when he, like we were talking and he was like. We don't want this podcast to be about just straight, you know, tour talk and yeah. like who's going to win the FedEx, the FedEx St. Jude Classic. And Randy said, "Shit, I don't even care who wins the FedEx St. Jude Classic." That kind of thing. So yeah, uh, check it out. Well, good luck on that. You guys, I'm gonna, I'm, I'll definitely be tuning in, and I'll be sharing links to that. So guys, make sure you subscribe and download to that. Um, well, we got to talk about this uh, U.S. Open yesterday. Dustin Johnson slaying the dragon um, in every sense of the word. Um, controversy. Um, I, I don't know what you want to talk about first. I want to talk about Oakmont some. I know you weren't a huge fan of the setup, but I feel like Dustin, I mean, the, the, the USGA issue is way overshadowing Dustin slaying the dragon. And uh, we've been waiting for this for a long time to finally just to do this. And uh, I don't know. I, I'm like... I, I slept three hours last night, and I woke up like wide awake. Was totally, totally yeah. excited. I think the Cavs had something to do with that as well. But 
Um, I don't know. I, 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 DJ's probably your boy. I'd say your boy more than he is my boy. So what, I want your initial reaction. I just... DJ brought up like an interesting point yesterday. DJ Pajowski, you mean, right? He said, why don't... Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, yeah. And, and literally, I was like... It's gotten to the point where... I think I tweeted this the other day. Like, I, I don't even... I caught myself the other day thinking that DJ was like Dustin Johnson's first name. <laughs> and I was like trying to figure out what it stood for. And then I was like, God, I'm an idiot. His name is Dustin Johnson. But like, I, I just haven't called him that years and years and years. Um, but uh, he, he brought up an interesting point saying when Jason Day hits the shit out of a golf ball, hits one three sixty, it's like, I don't know. It's just, I'm not happy about it. Like I'm, it, like it almost upsets me. Like I feel like he's got the cheat codes or something. Yeah. But when DJ hits a ball, three sixty, it's like the most artistic, <laughs> magical thing I've ever seen. I mean, when they put the pro tracer on it, I mean, it it just looked like he had the ball on a string. And, and almost, I mean that almost literally because of the pro tracer. And it was like when he when I had way more confidence in him to hit a fairway with driver than I did when he was taking irons off some of these short par fours and. He just hit that little butter cut that it just felt like it would hit a force field. The left side of the fairway was a force field. It would hit that and then ricochet. The the pro tracer would ricochet to the center of the fairway and roll out 350 yards. I mean, it was like, I mean, the guy just just absolutely dominated just that golf Like that, that drive that he hit after they told him about the the potential violation, like right after that, the drive that he hit there was just, I mean, that thing was Hyped, just like right on the screws. Was I've it never... like 128 miles an hour or something? Was his clubhead speed or something yeah, like that? Yeah. And guys, were, just I think Furyk tapped out at 107. I think when I when he came through, and DJ, I mean, he did look extra pumped up to crank that ball. Um, but I mean, man, it's just I don't know to see him. I, I, I we, you and I have always agreed to kind of like. All the things that have happened to DJ, if anyone can handle him, it's him. Like, I really don't think it affects him. I didn't think Chambers Bay affected him that much. Yeah, um, I agree. And just to see it actually come to fruition, seem to make some big putts, and just have complete control. I mean, I wasn't even nervous when he hit driver on 17 or 18. I, I didn't get nervous at all. I didn't oh, think shit. like. I, I would have been more nervous if he didn't hit driver. Right, yeah. On I, did, I never yeah. thought, like, here comes the DJ disaster. I mean, I, I, I will admit a little bit when the USGA thing came up and he played three pretty poor shots almost in a row. And I felt like that was just going to. And I, at that point, I was like, he's going to get penalized. He's losing, and I thought he was going to get penalized. I was like, this is a perfect recipe for disaster. But, but in some weird way, do you think it almost. Like that whole deal almost distracted him from. Very well, could be. Like I mean, the past. You yeah, know what I mean, like kind of just kept him in the moment. Well, I, don't I think know. that was just somebody said. Some of the fast guys said that he was very confident that he was just like, no, I don't. I know I'm not going to get penalized here, and he just didn't think anything of it. I mean, who knows how much that actually applied? Because it did look to change him there for a little bit, but um, man, I was a little bit nervous. Like before they told him all that, you know, that this was like on the kind of the middle of the front nine, he was playing really slow. Larry, like, he was really grinding on, like, the putts and just I, – I felt like he was overthinking stuff. And I've never really you – know, it's like I feel like he, he's at his best when he just knows what he wants to do and he just does it, you know, and just steps up and does it, which I, I got a little bit nervous when I saw him really, you know, trying to analyze putts and, and grind. Yeah, but I mean, those just the, I feel like some of those pins. I think he made it look pretty easy, to be honest. I think a lot of those those Sunday pins are U.S. Open pins, and uh, that every like some of the things Justin Thomas was saying about the the setup um, after he was done. He's not a guy that usually like complains about setup or anything. He was just kind of like, uh, be careful. Some of these pins on the back nine, like things are going to get very interesting here, and everyone else stumbled coming in. Everyone did. Yeah. Like Jason Day made a huge run and he completely messed up 17. Hit missed on the wrong side of the hole. I mean Shane Lowry just bled himself to death. That was a painful death march on the back nine there. Yeah, um, I mean Sergio Sergio you know, he still shot 70. I was proud of him, but what he bogeyed like 14, 15, 16 or something. Yeah, and he I mean just everyone made the critical mistakes you can't make. Even Furyk bogeyed 18. I mean he needs 
he needs to move up a set of tees to play that 18th hole anyways. But, um, I mean, just every, we're waiting for DJ to make the critical mistake and everyone else made it except for him. And it was, I don't know, it was so awesome to see. I think, uh, I I always root for DJ. Um, and so I've, you know, I, obviously I, I've made it very clear that I picked him and have, uh, stretched a muscle in my back, patting myself on the back actually, but it was so rewarding to after the speed disaster in Augusta to to just to have that come back. But um, I mean, the story was the USGA though. I mean, that's I almost feel like it was kind of a boring tournament, boring Sunday until the USGA thing happened. And my God, man, I've never seen. I just it almost felt intentional how bad they messed it up. I mean, there's yeah, there's not it's like a comedy of errors. I think I saw on yeah. Golf WRX um, they did a poll. Do you think that um, that they, USGA handled it right? And it was ninety four percent no, which may seem like kind of low, like or it's I, like impossible to get ninety four percent exactly, exactly, ex- absolutely. What I was gonna say, you can't get ninety four percent of people in any country to agree on any one issue at all. Um, so for them to have messed it up that bad, to have the players just raining down on them, I just I've never seen. Um, I mean, like imagine like Goodell screwing up a ruling or something. You don't see every player in the league raining in on it, you know. And I oh, just I can't believe they could have messed it up that badly. And they had all that information, all that horrible reaction, and still went ahead and stroked him for it. Yeah, this is. I mean, it's like Deflategate rolled into. Like Spy the gate. Super Bowl, and then <laughs> and then like amplified even more than that, where like they're giving Brady a penalty in the Super Bowl, like on the spot, but not telling him whether he's going to get the penalty or not. Like Is, that's that's like the equivalent. It's it's insane. And then the fact that so what's the point of having a referee with the group or an official with the group? Oh. And the rule book says that the officials. You know, opinion yeah. or his judgment is the final call. Yeah. What? So, what's the point of even having an official out there with him? I mean, well, it's, it's just so counterintuitive. Here's the part I didn't want to bring up was: um, doesn't he need to? If if he if he is deemed to have moved it, doesn't he need to move it back? And he didn't do well, that. They gave him. I guess they gave him like a dispensation from that because the rules official had okayed it. You know, so it's so it's almost like <laughs> they're just patchworking the rules together right now. I mean, yeah, it's not, oh yeah, it's like they didn't want to like, you know, do like double jeopardy. You know what I mean? So yeah. they can't like penalize for advice that that they gave him. You know. Do you think if he would have won by one or been or tied that they would have stroked him? Uh, I do. Oh my I god! Do. Just based on those chuckleheads that got up on. You know, live from U.S. Open last night on Golf Central, and that 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 Shane interviewed there towards the end. I mean, those it, it was like dumb and dumber. I mean, just just resolute in their in their bold face wrongness. <laughs> um, I forget what I was going to say, but I mean, I, I, well, imagine. I mean, just how lucky we are that. And I say we. I mean, we're just fans, but like. Imagine the the shitstorm that would, we would be dealing with today if if that would have happened, if that would have decided the championship, and like the chances of DJ when this happened, when this came about around twelve. Again, he was I think he was winning or tied for lead at the time. Um, uh, the chances of him winning by multiple shots at that point were pro- were not great. I would imagine. I mean, he was probably maybe be like a 55% favorite to win the tournament even at that point. To win by multiple shots was not in his favor. I mean. For him to, ah, uh, I'm just th- so thankful he went out and buried that putt. Those all three of those stripes on 18, that stripe drive, this honed in iron, and then the nailing the putt was yeah. just the most emphatic finish. And the crowd was so into it. I I got chills. It was awesome. And then yeah, just it was it was surreal almost. And then like the the beep that almost messed him up on on his on his approach into 18. I mean that was. That was insane, and then he just turns around. And he's like, "Really?" I'm like, "I'm not sure if it was a walkie-talkie, you know, with a low battery or or like a camera or something like that." But it was, it was like incredibly timed. And then for him to step back up to the ball and hit it there was just that was like otherworldly. That was that was one of the better that was one of the better golf shots I've ever seen. And and like people can, uh, I know everyone listening to this loves Pro Tracer and. 
it seems like we may be over obsessed with it or I may make bigger deal out of it. That's where it like has a profound payoff as a golf fan in that my anticipation watching where that ball was going to land is increased tenfold by seeing that perfect cut going towards the flag. Fox does a great job of putting the graphic exactly where the hole is. They point you an arrow where the hole is. And the Pro Tracer is, is beaming directly towards it. Like my anticip- I think I moved to the edge of the couch as that ball was about to land. And like, I, I, just, I think that uh, the, the, it's just a shame that it's one tournament a year we get all this Pro Tracer. I think it's so important to the viewer's experience. And uh, I, I, I kudos to Fox for how much they've worked yeah. in the graphics. No, I mean, I'm gonna have to go to like Pro Tracer rehab after that. <laughs> I was thinking, I, I was trying to make a joke with that. I was like, I like that I've been freebasing so much, uh, freebasing so much Pro Tracer that I'm gonna have the shakes tomorrow at work. But so, all right. So going back to the like, if, so if if DJ wins by one and then they penalize him, going back to it, uh, there was a really good tweet out there. It was like when all the dudes in Rudy were turning their jersey yeah. to coach. Like, that's that's what should have happened, yeah. you know, if if that was the scenario. And it, it just wouldn't have been right. Yeah. My joke was, um, and I don't know if everyone got this one, but it was, uh, for those that haven't seen Spartacus, I forget what even the story is, but um, basically the, this guy named Spartacus has to turn himself in at the end of the movie and everyone in the crowd stands up and says, I'm Spartacus, I'm Spartacus, and, and like in solidarity with Spartacus. And that's what I was hoping would happen. And I think we would have seen something. Like, um, I don't know. I, I just have a hard time believing like Shane Lowry would have gone out. Well, maybe that's a bad example because he actually did get penalized in a similar fashion. But he, was, I mean, it was, uh, he, I guess, admitted that he, he, what he, his action caused him to move the ball. Um, it was, and again, the overwhelming majority of people are saying that uh, are siding with DJ. But I've seen at least a couple people be like, uh, he was taking practice strokes that close to the ball. It probably was him that caused him to move it. Like DJ like stepping like fourteen, exactly, and, and, and they're Poana greens. Like, come on, like exactly. They're, they're, you know, and it's late. It's you know, it's it's later in the day. Like, that's absurd. Yeah, that, oh, you know. it was just a horrible combination. But it, it, my point is, DJ is the last person I would ever suspect of, like, I don't want to say even say the word cheating or, like, even playing that loose. And you know what earned a lot of my respect was Lee Westwood. Lee Westwood was riding for DJ from every... That from, was something that I was going to bring up, too, man. Like, Lee Westwood, he was all class all the way. Like, at, you know, at one point, he was just trying to kind of get out of the way. At another point, you know, like, all the post-game stuff, him and his caddy were just top-notch. That was that was that was huge on their part. Yeah, I mean, uh, and uh, unfair of me to take a dig at Westwood. He does have a lot of experience in this situation, <laughs> but uh, but uh, yeah, he, uh, he such seems like such a cool dude. And yeah. I know you're a fan of Westwood. I've, I'm a fan of Westwood. I, I made a couple of jokes at his expense, unfortunately, on Sunday. But um, it, that that that's kind of sticks with me. I mean, the fact that he was adamant, he wanted to make sure that the players. They they care about the rules. They want to, the rules to be done right. And and I swear to God, in this exact same scenario, if this happened to Bubba Watson, I would be equally as upset and riding for it. That that I really yeah. thought this is unfair. Like um, I, I just and I didn't enjoy people's like takes on um, his drop that he got on ten. I mean, what did you think yeah, about people that? People were fired up about that. Yeah. I thought it was well within the rules. Definitely. You know? and, and and so I mean, yeah, in that rough, he that that tower is. Definitely in his in his way, and did he get a break from it? Of course, he got the drop in shorter rough, and he can just. But that was the whole point was now he can carry it over that thing. That that tower is no longer in his way, um, and so that it's it's within the rules of the game. For anyone calling that even remotely shady, I don't understand that at all. But um, it's not like Bubba a few years ago in Phoenix, like was underneath a bush and then tried to claim that it was there was ants underneath it and that's why he needed to drag and got like a free beautiful drop. That's a little different, I think. But so I'm a little bit steamed at some of the people that have come out. Yeah, you know, I think overwhelmingly everybody was just just rabidly, vociferously just dogging the the USGA. I mean, shit, Rory Rory's tweet that he fired off as DJ was going down 18 and he stuffed it. And I'm not sure if it was like take take that. USGA or cased at USGA or something, but that was spectacular. I mean, and for for the big cat to call it farcical, like, that was great. <laughs> um, but I saw a few takes out there that kind of letting the USGA off the hook because they only because 
they're amateurs at this and they only run like you know a couple tournaments a year and it's like all right then then bring in somebody who knows how to run a big tournament you but know, you're giving away yeah. 1.8 million dollars to the winner and it's and if anything that the USGA should be able to handle it's the rules. That's what they're in charge of. I mean, I can understand a little bit of tournament logistics being, um, you know, not handled perfectly. But they've also done this for years. They know how to run a tournament. They do a yeah. good job running a tournament overall. They get them. I mean, course setup and other things are a different a different topic. They handle the logistics and like, like Fox doing a U.S. Open last year. A lot of the logistics and a lot of the basic stuff was their big screw ups. Right, first time yeah. doing it. That's not the issue with the USGA running a tournament. Um, and again, it's the rules of the game that you are in charge of. There's no yeah. if there's anything you this should be able to handle. This issue had nothing to do with the way the tournament was run. No, and everything it just like this could have been, you know, some some Walker Cup match or something like that, and it would still be the same principle behind it. Like yeah. you penalize this, so yeah, it was. And then how about the USGA president? Oh my God. I mean, I don't know who I don't know who stuck around and watched the trophy presentation, but I I, I felt bad even tweeting something about it. I mean, either I, the only pass I'll give her is um, that she has just been dealing with this crazy shitstorm for hours and just looked like she had seen a ghost. I mean, she couldn't even she couldn't even talk. I mean, I'm hoping that's the case and that she wasn't shit hammered. I can't imagine that she was. But it definitely looked like she was just having a Sunday fun day out there. Uh, yeah, I think she had. I think she had a transfusion at the turn. <laughs> I mean, just you know, she's. I don't know. I tried to do a little research on her because I didn't know too much about her. It's, it's like she she lists her home as Saint Simon's Island, Georgia, which so she probably plays at Sea Island and Frederica and Ocean Forest and all those places. But like, I couldn't find that information anywhere. Like, I'm trying to figure out more about this, but like. The USGA, like, shouldn't they at least list their home course? Like, if you're a USGA exec. Yeah, I mean, what what are you get what are you getting for at that though? I don't really no, know. No, I just I just like to know more about who this person is. Why is she the USGA president? You know, why is she uniquely qualified to do that? I know she's got a you know decent business resume, but you know, it, it just seemed it just seems seems strange. All of it seems strange with the USGA. Yeah, it, so, I mean, I, and they I, conduct all this shit in secrecy. I don't. It's just weird. Yeah, so. I mean, I think uh, it's. I've never, I never, I don't remember the USGA ever getting involved like this, though. Like, I mean, part of me wonders whether or not this was intentional from a from a buzz creating perspective, like. Twitter was buzzing. Like there were people chiming in from everywhere. They, um, I guarantee this helped with the ratings. I promise you, it did. Um, so you say it, so it's like the no, you know, it's like there's no such thing as bad press kind of thing. I mean, because they were getting just straight up eviscerated. Yeah, and I'm thinking that's what it, that's what they were going for. I mean, I'm trying, I'm trying my best to understand what they were going for. That's the closest thing I could come up with. I mean, um, I mean, some of this, like you got like Ron Witten from Golf Digest, like some pretty. Old school, like you know, journalists that are just you know don't fire off too many hot takes, and he was just like, "This is bullshit." Like the USGA, I mean, there was just some unbelievably fiery takes coming out of people that you would have never even thought. I mean, and, and for Rory, Ricky, Big Cat, Speeth, um, Speeth, all of them to chime in, just. Boom, 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 boom. Right as all this was happening, it was just like the perfect storm. It's unbelievable. Well, and that's what is crazy is I've not even seen like the like the low-hanging fruit hot take people even try to take the opposite side. You know, there's always somebody that's going to do, uh, oh, SB2K was not, a, was not good. or But yeah. no one is willing to take the opposite side on this one, even for the, for the sake of clicks, which... Um, yeah, I mean, it sucks that that kind of dominated the story, but it also kind of added to the legend of what DJ did, and he just kind of threw the middle finger at them. And um, it'd be, I'd be interested to see how another a different player would react to that. I mean, um, I don't know, would somebody like Rory or Spieth or somebody be able to handle that as well as DJ did? I really don't I know. Think, I think I feel like Rory or somebody tweeted they would have just like stood right there on the twelfth tee or wherever they told him and just like. Posted up and just refused to play anymore until they figured out 
the ruling. What the issue was, you know. It almost seemed like it could have even um, distracted other players more than it did DJ. I mean, I know that they they had to inform all the other players, and then from what I'm hearing from people that were there, just the buzz of the place was just weird. It was just nobody knew what was going on. People were booing and stuff and yelling at the refs out there. It's like, did this, this just turned into a basketball game? I mean, oh, man. So you're having Porter on tomorrow? Yeah, so the the plan was to have Porter on. So I asked Porter to do a uh, U.S. Open podcast. Did he want to do a recap or a preview? He said, let's do recap, stick with tradition. Then he wins the lottery today, and he's playing Oakmont. Um, so I was, I was like, I can't wait another day to do this. So um, we'll do two. I'm doing two podcasts this week. I'm going to do one with Porter tomorrow. But I was like, I got to have Tron on. I know he's got some. Got some takes to fire up as yeah, well. I can't wait to hear what Porter says. It will be good. Kind of the boots on the ground. Exactly. Yeah, yeah I want the, just, it'll be a different perspective, and uh, yeah. and yeah, it's gonna be that's gonna be. God have mercy on his soul today. Playing out there though, um, I doubt they even mowed the greens. I'm sure he's just. <laughs> Uh, the, the, the meme, the meme pot- potential, I'm sure they won't do it because they won't want to piss people off from a media perspective, but the meme potential for being out there today is like, excruciating. It's killing me. Like The opportunity to make fake controversy or do like a, uh, a DJ situation, uh, I don't know exactly how it would work, but it could be done very easily. So, um, what, a, what I know you have some takes on Oakmont overall. I think... Um, I, I think we disagree a little bit on USGA course setup, but how did you think that Oakmont played? I liked the setup. Yeah. I, you know, I mean, there was it was kind of making lemonade out of lemons because it was just, you know, I mean, the, the the weather kind of precluded some of the, you know, some of the plans they had for it, playing firm and fast. But I love all the half par holes. Yep. You know, that's that's something that I think has really been lost over time in golf, and it's kind of getting. I love to see that kind of getting back to that you know i mean i think it's fascinating just how much more creative guys have to be on some of those half par holes and and and, i mean some of those guys were getting ejected on uh is that number two yeah yeah you know that was a cool that was really cool to watch um i didn't think it got too mickey mouse you know i thought some of the pins were tough um especially in those first few holes and then and then there were a few on the back nine but i didn't think it was anything to Mickey Mouse, I thought the course setup was was solid. Yeah, I think I think the rain did them a favor. I mean, I'm sure they would have liked it harder, but um, I'm sure they didn't like. First of all, the worst storyline ever is, oh, you know, the members can't like seeing this. Why? Who the hell cares about the Oakmont membership? Like, I, who can? They don't get to determine how hard this golf course plays during a U.S. Open. But um, I don't know. I thought I, th- I tweeted something like this and. Um, I said that it rewarded good golf. It punished you for bad golf. There were certain spots you couldn't miss it. Um, great risk reward shots. I love the way 17 played. I mean, um, you could see if you miss on the right side of that, you're easy birdie, or not easy birdie, but you're not making more than four. You miss the wrong side there, you could be making five. Yeah. Two was a little ridiculous in that. Um, it just seemed like there was only there wasn't much of a place you could hit the ball and not have it roll all the way off. But um, yeah, it was kind of insane that certain guys were landing it even like you know ten yards short, and, and it was you know it just it was trundling all all the way over the back. Yeah, but, um, the fairways yeah, were I, wide. I the, yeah, go ahead. Sorry. The uh, you know kind of going back on like it was the perfect example of like why par is irrelevant yep like you're pulling you know it was just that was perfect it's like i don't i don't really care if it's a par three or a par four and it's 290 or 305 like i don't really give a shit it's it's the same hole and everybody's playing the same hole yeah i talked to charles howell about that last week and he yeah he took the words out of my mouth i was like if if number eight the 300 yard hole or whatever was a par four everyone would say it's the greatest hole in the world oh my god so many options but you make it a part. Uh, it's, it is. It is very silly. It's very. Uh, I'm. Uh, I think that the USGA does a good job of of creating those half holes exactly like that. And um, but they, and they give they give they give you a like a, a hard one, quote unquote, like eight, and then they give you one like seventeen that probably plays to around the same stroke average, maybe a little harder, seventeen. But yeah. that's that's a great supposedly great part four. So circling back on some of the players moving away from the course, I think uh, I didn't give proper due, I don't think, to Shane Lowry on Twitter this week. He was so nails for those first three days. Well, 
sorry, for basically Saturday and early morning Sunday was really all I saw of him. But it got I got the vibe of Danny Willett at the Masters in that back nine where the, he seemed just that, that – I was I'm not going to lie, I was rooting against him because I was obviously rooting for DJ, but it – Felt his lead felt very safe to me. Like he couldn't miss a shot. I felt like he was putting from ten feet for birdie on every hole. In the same way that I I was rooting against Willett, and I never felt confident that it was going to slip away. But I saw a couple of the European guys I follow on Twitter were like, I just heard Lowry's interview, and he sounds nervous. Like before that Sunday round, and for somebody to point that out, and it, it's it was it's guys I follow that are very. Um, I don't know if smart's the right word. They don't over-dramatize things. So, like, they were pointing it out, and I was like, okay, this could get interesting. And it did just kind of he spiral away. Nails, I mean, even, like, the front nine yeah, a ton of putts. And that's know? supposedly just, his I mean, weakness, yeah. Saves. So. Um, yeah, he's, that's supposedly his weakness. And um, I, 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 once, once those guys were pointing that out, too, again, I don't know his game that well. Once those guys were pointing it out, I was like, okay, this this can't last forever, can it? This can't go on. But, I mean, when he had a four-shot lead on uh, Sunday morning, I thought I really did think he was going to win. And uh, I think I, I, I placed a bet on him when he was up by four, and he was still a, I was still getting better than uh, plus 100 odds on him. I think I, I did place a small wager thinking I, I, he's got to close this out. And I was kind of hedging my happiness because I was not rooting for him, unfortunately. But, yeah. Um, kind of a kind of a hate to say it, but kind of a typical Sergio major performance, I would say. Man, when he got up and down on, I can't remember which hole that was. It was like I don't know, like thirteen or something. It was like twelve or thirteen. He got up and down from like you know seventy yards out. I was like, this is it, man. He got up and down for pot. I was like, this is it. This is it. This is it. And then you know, I still think he's gonna win it, true. Really, that's your call. Yeah. Okay. That's my call. I'm, I'm with uh, Sarson on that one. He's winning at Drew. Wow. Okay. Um, and, D- and DJ is going to top five it. Okay. I'm sticking with but Rory. I think he stayed away from the jet skis last night. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sticking with Rory to win win at Troon. Um I'm just feeling I'm feeling the wave of momentum for my preseason picks. So get your money in on Kepka for the PGA now while you can. <laughs> uh, may end in horrible heartbreak for you, but. Um, I don't know. I don't know a ton about how Troon plays, but I think those British Open courses in general kind of all play pretty similar. It's not like the U.S. Open when the courses are pretty yeah. drastically different. But um, looking forward to next year. I don't think I don't know a whole lot about Aaron Hills other than it's super long. It's in the middle of nowhere, and all the all the media that have been there to visit it just talk about how far it is for them to get to the course and how there's nothing around it. And don't tell yeah. us anything about the actual golf course, which is the opposite of the purpose. I've heard it, it plays shorter than the stated distance, though. It has to. It's like 8,000 yeah. yards. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But it, and actually, you know, like the players players should like it, but I guess they said the same shit about, you know, Chambers Bay. Too. Right. That, <laughs> so, uh, that's what this... which, was, which blew me away this week when like, they showed a, they showed a highlight from last year of, of, you know, the 18th hole when Spieth was hitting his second shot in, and... I, it was almost just like that was that was like an imagined tournament. Like it, it almost doesn't feel real even today. Just looking at the burned out greens, and, it, and you know, it just it was just so visually brutal. It's exact. If if go- a golf tournament was to be played on another planet, that's how I would picture it. Like that. If that event, I mean, it was. It just. It was. It emphasized how much of a comedy of errors that course was last year. Just seeing seeing the contrast between this course and how just how everything about the the Oakmont just seemed like. I mean, it was. It's a course that's just kind of almost built to host these kind of tournaments. I know they designed chambers specifically to host the U.S. Open, but that's just. Just so tainted by the USGA ego, and the um, they wanted this whole functionality of Chambers Bay and the ability to move these tees around all over yeah. the place and place their ego all over the place. And whereas Oakmont is just Oakmont, and they they trick it up a little bit, grow the rough up, and try to make it firm. But uh, yeah, Chambers, I think was was I just don't like the design. Yeah, you know, it's like people can say what they want about the grounds crew, and I, you know I feel a little bit bad for those guys last year getting the brunt of that, but like. They're, you know, it's just not, I just don't think it's a good design. Um, and then, you know, Oakmont, it just blows me away that this was the, the guy that designed it. It was his first crack. Really? At designing a golf course. Yeah, that's nuts. 
How, um, I thought like the vibe was kind of. I think the we- little weather related, but the vibe was a bit off until after the back nine on Sunday. Uh, just didn't feel like there was a ton of energy in the crowd. I don't know if the Fox mics just weren't picking it up very well, but even that, I saw a lot of bleachers that looked pretty empty. I feel like. I mean, what did you think of the overall yeah, atmosphere? I, I felt kind of the same. Where even down the back nine, like you just like the a lot of those bleachers were three quarters empty. You know, and yeah. from, from what I heard from people that were there early in the week, um, a couple of buddies were there early in the week, and they said the logistics were really tough there. Yeah. Like, you know, really tough to move people around the golf course and get from one hole to the other. You know, there's a lot of choke points there. So, um, but, uh, but yeah, it, it did seem a little bit subdued. But I think, you know, I think some of that was just, you know, people people really couldn't get in a rhythm those first few days. Yeah, so. I know you're uh, working on a piece to kind of summarize and analyze uh, Fox's uh, coverage. What do you want to give us some uh, some some instant take feedback on uh, what you thought from Fox? Yeah, I thought, I thought they were great. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I could have done without Jack Nicholas in the booth oh yesterday. My God. Um, I was like, don't we don't we suffer through this? You know, all props to the Golden Bear or whatever, but don't we suffer through this? for like a whole day at the Honda and then like a whole four days at the Memorial I think they every ex- year. They extend the Memorial coverage just to give him extra time in the booth. I mean, it is... i uh, he didn't talk about his ice cream. <laughs> it is. My dad pointed this out to me once and I, I realize we're talking about the greatest player that ever played in this game and he's a legend and we probably shouldn't talk about him this way, but ever since my dad pointed this out when Jack talks, he just said, listen to how many times he says I. And he really, he just brings everything back to himself in Patrick Reed yeah. fashion. That it's almost impressive. I mean, what the kind of twist that he can put on stuff to bring it back to himself. But ever since that, I can't stand listening to him talk. And it really, I, I know he's supposed to have all these legendary stories, but I swear I've heard the same stories eighteen times from him. Um, and it, it, his placing there just seemed it did seem weird. It almost seemed like sponsored, like he was the host of the event. Yeah. It was, and then the you know the whole medal at the end. I don't know. It was just that was bizarre. Yeah. Um, thought I thought <laughs> I, I would have loved. I think uh, Barstool Trent had a tweet. He, he said, "I need a hot mic on Azinger coming back from this commercial break. Like I need to breathe. Like it was. You could tell Azinger was just trying not to just lose it on that USGA official. Yeah. Um, and then uh, you know I thought. Um, it was a little bit awkward. I mean, a props to Fox for going to distance. You know, sorry, Friday sorry, you cut Saturday. out. You cut out there a little bit. Say, say that okay. again. Props to what? Props to Fox for going the distance Friday and Saturday. Yeah. I mean, those were marathon days. Um, and I thought it was a little bit awkward when they went to that Shane O'Donohue guy every once in a while. Um, and I really didn't understand what Mark Brooks's place on the coverage was. That's uh, I, I am with you on all of those takes right there. I thought there there I, I can only again we're not television producers. I can't imagine it's that easy to move around a bunch of programming, advertising space, and all that on that short notice to get extra time added to your TV window. Um, it definitely was the right call, and I think they were at least had some kind of protocol in place in case of bad weather. But uh, props to them for getting that taken care of. I know some racing fans were a little pissed off at stuff getting moved to FS2, but I could could not care less about that. Um, Shane O'Donohue, um, I, it, it, nothing wrong with him. I just don't feel like I'm watching a big time tournament when he's talking, you know. And Mark yeah. Brooks, yeah, he was not very good at all. I didn't. Yeah, I just didn't understand what 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 his role was, Mark Brooks. Yes, yeah. you know, I, I thought I thought Azinger was fantastic. I thought Faxon was much improved. Year over year. Yeah, Azinger's great. I felt like Azinger had like a note cards of like a hundred things prepared to say, like one liners and stuff. I felt like he was a little over prepared for this, yeah. uh, which is just the way he uh, he just gets really excited about things. Faxon, I'm not. I could. Uh, I could think I could do without Faxon, but. I think Bacon's having he's having Curtis Strange on on his pod today. Yeah, so I'll be curious to listen to that too. I think that'll be yeah. That'll I be think fantastic. I don't know if I like Curtis out on the course. I think in the booth he's good. I think Curtis is good. I think him and Azinger doing back and forth in the booth would be is better than him out on the course. But I agree. Um, yeah. Um, <laughs> How about that dude Brownie? Oh my Ken, god, Ken Brown! <laughs> I was loving it. Really. <laughs> Yeah, it was hilarious. Oh god, I couldn't. It was just like it. a little bit of color. It was like it was like everything that 
CBS tries to do with Faldo, like evoke yeah. that wacky vibe, but like they actually pulled it off. I thought. I thought the brownie points thing was hilarious. Um, all right, if you're watching a major though, rank the networks right now of who you want covering them. Uh, I still want you. I still want NBC. Yep. The NBC's the tops, just because Johnny's just so salty all the time. I love that. Um, and then Fox. Fox is just a steady second place yeah. and then uh, probably along with ESPN I thought ESPN did a really good job um, you know last few years with the Masters and then British Open was fantastic last year uh, obviously they're not doing that again but uh, and then CBS is just you know a million miles behind I was gonna I was gonna say I was gonna have um, Bravo Network MTV VH1 and the, uh, the CW, does that channel still exist? I'd have them on before I'd have CBS. But uh, I, I would even put TBS. Didn't TBS cover part of the PGA or TNT? I think they do. TNT, better. I think. Yeah, yeah, with like EJ. You know? Yeah. Uh, um, Joe Buck, solid, I'd say. I mean, yeah, uh, I used to hate the guy. Yeah. Straight up. Used to hate him. I thought that article in The Ringer was good. I just, I always held a grudge against him when he, he I was always a big Randy Moss fan growing up. And he just just lambasted Randy Moss for mooning the crowd. Fake and, mooning. Uh, it wasn't even lamb- a real thing. Yeah, yeah. And, and, you know, I, that was just, I was like, I'm out on Buck. This guy's an arrogant prick. And I'm totally, totally in on him now. The guy's a total pro. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I don't think he's not like, uh, he wouldn't be my favorite person calling golf, but I mean, it was a noticeable transition going from Shane O'Donohue to Joe Buck. And, yeah. uh, I think he, he mixed in a couple like terms that aren't golf terms at all. And there were a couple times he you could just tell he's a little bit lost, but much improved from last year. And I think uh, I think a lot of that's on the producers though as well. I think he was just kind of kind of in the out there blind a little bit last year. And yeah. I was heartbroken to not see Kurt Menefee back out there this year. Although <laughs> <laughs> no, I think the perfect thing would have been if they could have gotten um, gotten uh, Mike Carey in there. Oh God. <laughs> They they had that. I like they had that David Fay in, um, but it's funny they would go to him before he had a clue on what was going on yet. David, do you have any idea? Well, I haven't and talked then, to anyone and out him there. Him and Zinger would be going back and forth, and like Zinger was almost like the the Mike Carey. He was like, "That's the rule," and then Fay was like, "Actually, no, that's that's completely wrong. This <laughs> is the <laughs> that happened like three times in a row. It was hilarious." Um, but a couple other takes I had. Um, I was glad to see Matthew Fitzpatrick playing well uh, until he kind of blew up on Saturday there. Yeah. Um, I thought Bubba was going to just have a meltdown on Sunday. Um, you know, playing, playing. You know, I thought Ted Scott, we were going to be tweeting eulogies for him today. Um, and then how about Danny Willett? Like, breaking his driver because he was so pissed off about his playing partners playing slow. Um, do we do we know that that's the reason? That's that was I've heard that from multiple people. You have? Okay. Yeah. Um there was a reason I didn't necessarily believe that, but um that that's that's on him. You got to come on, man. I mean, it's 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 you got to keep your cool. It's US Open. There there was 5 hours. There wasn't anybody playing in less than 5 hours out there like you can't slam it your club into the ground and break your club because of pace of play. But um, that was that was he was playing with Rory too. That, that wasn't like when he was he wasn't paired with Spieth or anything like no, that. I think it was. He, I think he was paired with like this Cameron Smith and like Tim Wilkinson or something. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah, I think it was during. But I totally understand why you didn't give credence to it. Okay. <laughs> um, you know. Yeah. From the start, but, yeah, that's, <laughs> but I did hear it from a couple other people as okay. well. So, um, so let's see here. Something else. I think I'm all in on John Rom. Okay. The Rom threat. The he's Rom a, threat. I already got a nickname. Yeah, yeah. He's he's a stud. Um, I got a lot of tweets. I got sorry. I got a lot of tweets about uh, people saying that he wondering how many Charles Schwab Cup points he picked up for, for this. <laughs> yeah. <season>. yeah. <laughs> He does. He does. Uh, his looks do not belie his age. But uh, but yeah, a couple guys I follow in uh, kind of in the college golf scene. I kind of check with them. I said, you know, what's the word on this kid? Is he is he cool? And they said, not sure how Adidas is going to make trousers big enough to fit his cods in there. 
And then loves loves pizza, beer, and chicks with big racks. And he enjoys talking about all three. He also gained about 50 pounds in his first two years at ASU. So he's just living the dream. Oh, my God. Wow. So this sounds this, like a this character. This guy sounds like just a, a complete savage. Somebody somebody I can I can root for. Just like Bryson DeChambeau, right? Yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> Good showing from him. I don't remember what he, see, remember what he finished at, but um, I don't know. I... I I, I'm I'm willing to kind of look past his the personal things and just kind of enjoy his game and his contribution to the game because I think it's going to be it's going to be interesting and I think um, in talking to a few guys it's like what's your opinion on him out there and they're like I mean he tries way too hard um, you're not that special dude everybody out here is unique but yeah. you can mash the ball we a lot of respect for his game so um, yeah I think golf needs a, a couple more. Kind of villain characters too. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know? So, Kep- how about your boy Kepka? I was just going to say, about? huge charge. Um, it faded, unfortunately. Uh, it sucks because I really wanted to get like a top five just to rack up some Ryder Cup points because just so we can avoid the whole the whole captain's pick catastrophe because I can still see that happening. But um, yeah, can I'm, we talk about his quote? Yeah, we can. <laughs> well, he was okay. So he birdied seven holes in a row. And then lipped birdies on the next two holes. Uh, the second one wasn't a lip. It, like, rested on the lip, so it didn't quite lip out. But uh, he almost made nine birdies in a row, and he thought he was going to shoot 60 or 61 at a U.S. Open. Which, I mean, how many guys will, will say that after a round? Some guys might think it, but how many guys are going to stand up on the podium and say that after a round? That was fantastic. Yeah, that was, that was big. How about, so I'm, I'm just going through the, I'm going through the leaderboard here. Jay Day played the last three days in minus four. Oh, my God. Which is crazy good. Uh, Brandon Grace played the last three days in minus three. Na played the last three days in minus four. Didn't – did those guys uh, – those guys have the good side of the draw? I don't remember in that group. Um, I felt like the guys that went out early on Thursday got the bad, the bad draw. That's for sure. I'd agree with that, yeah. Um, it, it helped like for DJ to go out and just pound 36 holes on Friday and then uh, basically get to rest, sleep in on Saturday. And, yeah, I mean... Yeah, I, think, I think Justin Ray and uh, Jake Nichols need to just do a deep dive on... Just kind of chop up all these stats and kind of do a deep dive on who, you know, who, who really had the advantage this week because there were so many other variables as far as... You know, I mean, certain guys playing 36 holes on Saturday, you know? Yeah. I mean, that's just kind of the thing that um, it, it, it even as of that Thursday morning, people were saying, oh, this morning draw is the best draw, right? Because it's soft out here. And then, you know, 36 hours later, it's a completely different scenario. And you're like, okay, that morning group probably actually didn't get it too good. But um, long week. I mean, just a lot of, like, the hours were really screwed up, and watching in Europe, man, was hard. It was really hard. Um, yeah, because it felt like, at least, like, yeah, I had a game plan for yesterday, because I wanted to stay up and watch the Cavs game, too. Um, golf ended around 2 a.m., Cavs ended around 5 a.m., uh, so I, I, I golfed Sunday, early Sunday morning, came home, Napped for two hours, watched the end of the third round, and then like slept four hours in the afternoon. It was like the most beautiful day in Amsterdam, and everyone's out. The bars are overflowing, and I was <laughs> napped for four hours because I knew I had to stay up all night. And but I woke up this morning feeling great, even though I slept the, like maximum three hours, probably two and a half last night. Because um, yeah, Cav, I just did not think Dustin Johnson and and uh, LeBron James could come through on the same day. It's just I, too much for one day. Yeah. I said it was like. Betting on DJ or counting on DJ to win, and then him winning was like betting, like winning, betting on a number in roulette, winning, taking those earnings, and then just doubling down on that same number on LeBron, thinking that you would win again, or like playing Russian roulette, yeah. two rounds of Russian roulette with four bullets in the in the gun uh, instead of one. But oh my God, it happened! Like it, it was just one, quite, yeah. One last takeaway I've got is Spencer Levine's performance. On Saturday, just completely melting down. That was spectacular. That was probably the highlight of the weekend. Lit himself on fire. Other than the DJ. Yeah. Um, you know, just just went nuts in that vine. I'll post that again if, if nobody else is. I was like on my way to dinner 
in an Uber and like, I was just like, oh my God, I left the TV at the complete wrong time, <laughs> you know? <laughs> That's the risk you run. That's the risk you yeah, run. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so. Yeah, I think, um, I don't know, we're kind of in this major season now, too, where I, I have a hard time getting amped for the tournaments in between the majors, so... Um, it's what this week, Quicken Loans, Quicken the Big Loans, Cat Invitational, the Big Cat Invitational, and then and then is it Greenbrier, and then I think no, I think it's it's Bridgestone. Oh, that's right. It's really screwed up this Which, year. Oh my god, I don't even know why they like that is the worst tournament. Just that, that's that's one of my least favorite. Oh, that's right. Because all the yeah, Rory's skipping that this year. Um, he's playing the French Open. That's right. I'm, I can't get used to this schedule this year, and but it's about to get so nuts here in the in the near future, but. Um, yeah, I'm actually headed to Ireland this weekend to play some golf. The shoulders, oh, yeah? the shoulders got it back together. Uh, meeting up with uh, Barry O'Hanrahan from the Good Talk Spoiled podcast. Um, nice. We're going to play, I think, 72 holes if the weather cooperates this uh, this weekend. So where are y'all playing? Uh, I don't know yet. We're still working out the tee times. But uh, if anybody, uh, I doubt there's any Irish golf ho- golf course superintendents or pro <laughs> pro shop attendees that are listening to this and want to sponsor some people. But if there are. Uh, let us know. Or if you have any recommendations for courses around the Dublin area, please uh, send them my way. But um, yeah, I'm curious to get your take on on Irish golf because I've, I've never played uh, Ireland or Scotland, but I've heard just glowing things about Ireland. Yeah, I'm excited to see what the style is like. I mean, Scotland's very different style of golf, obviously, but I think Dublin's. I think Ireland's going to be a little bit of a bridge in between Scottish golf and American <laughs> golf, but. Uh, I think it's going to be green because it looks like it's going to ru- rain a lot in between there, like it does in Ireland. But yeah, I'm pumped to see it. So, cool. So, um, all right, Tron. Uh, for, for those that haven't seen it yet, NoLangUp.com looks a lot different now. We've finally redesigned the website. Um, we are going to work hard on getting more and more content on the website. Um, hopefully, we'll see your piece on Fox here shortly, yeah. sometime this yeah, week. Then, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll have that. Yeah, I mean, t- tell us what you want to see, too. Yep. We love the feedback. Keep it coming. Yep, so. yep. And Thanks keep... for following. Thanks for listening. Yeah, seriously. I mean, that was probably uh, as lit as I've seen Twitter last <laughs> night ever. I mean, the uh, yeah. all the mentions, that was, everything. Yeah, that was peak peak golf Twitter. It was. All the participation is very much appreciated. And I, I, I do, like, it sounds douchey to say I do apologize. I can't get to every mention. I can't. I, I hate. I hate that I can't. Um, but we do appreciate everyone that follows along, reads, listens, subscribes, reviews, takes a takes a trip to the NLU Pro Shop, buys some shirts. It's all appreciated. So it's been yeah. a lot of fun. A lot of fun, especially to cover the majors. So we'll keep bringing it to you. So, so Tron, all right. thanks for the time, Cheers, bro. Sally. Yep, this was a good time. Um, congratulations on your successful wager on Mr. Johnson, and uh, you had, you had a bet on Sergio too. So you were you had a lot, you had a lot of things covered yeah, there. I, I put forty on DJ and ten on Sergio. So, but uh, it was a culminating moment. It was awesome. Yeah. It was a great week. So looking forward to talking with Porter tomorrow. Tron, we'll catch up with you soon. Thanks, buddy. Sounds good, dude. See ya. Say this, say go DJ, cause that's my DJ. Say go DJ, cause that's my DJ.